Good morning, Crosswalk. Good morning, indeed. Well, thank you so much to each one of you who has joined us, whether in person or on live stream. Hi, Mom. Um, we're so glad that you have chosen to join us here at Lover's Lane this morning. For those of you who are wondering who in the world I am, my name is Carrie Lynn Lucas. I've been serving here at Lover's Lane for about three years now with our teenagers. So normally during this hour, I'm across the way handing out donuts and leading Bible study. But this morning, my sweet teenagers are in here and they're skipping Bible study. So shout out to them. Um, in a couple of days, I'm actually going to transition off of student ministry team and join our pastoral team and be under that crowd and get to learn and continue to grow from them. In addition to all of this, I'm a student at Perkins School of Theology over at SMU, and a few weeks ago, I finished my second year working on my Master's of Divinity. So, oh, thank you. So my countdown to graduation next year is, like, really official in my mind. Um, so it's Memorial Day weekend, which for some means we get to wear white now. You can get a really good deal on mattresses and cars, but also it's the start of summer for most of us. And in the summer, the days are longer and the nights are shorter, right? And thinking about the days being longer and the nights being shorter this week, I thought about nighttime, more specifically darkness. And I've actually been reading this book called Learning to Walk in the Dark by the fabulous Barbara Brown Taylor, and I highly recommend it. A lot of her points actually helped really form this message for me this morning. But do you remember, as a child, being afraid of the dark? Yeah, same. Some people are like me, and they're maybe still just slightly, a little bit, yes, afraid of the dark, even as an adult. But something about the darkness makes us nervous, right? Like I said, I've worked with teenagers here at Lover's Lane for three years, and one thing you need to know about our teenagers is they love to play games. More specifically, they love to play hide-and-seek in the dark anytime we're staying at the church at night. Something about running around this place that they know, and most of them have grown up in, gets them excited when it's dark. I also like hiding behind the corners and jumping out to scare them. It's more fun for me. But something about the darkness makes us nervous. Maybe when you were a child, you can remember this. In the summer, if your parents were like mine and you had siblings, you weren't really welcome in the house during the day. Um, Mom and Dad are trying to get stuff done, so go outside, right? <laughs> Do not come back in unless you are bleeding or on fire. That was at least our stipulations. But at night, when the sun started to go down, your parents welcomed you back into their sacred space in which you had not been welcomed the entire day. Or maybe you're old enough to think about the age before cell phones, and you had to be home when? Before the streetlights came on. Something about the darkness makes us nervous. And I want to just take a second. Can we talk about nightlights for a second? Okay, these things that plug into the wall, right? You can get 
any kind of nightlight your little heart desires. You can get a Star Wars nightlight. You can get a nightlight that changes color. You can get a nightlight, kid you not, this is a real thing, self-rotating constellation nightlight. I have no idea. But something about the darkness makes us nervous. Maybe you don't relate to any of those examples, but do me a favor and picture this. You're asleep in your cozy bed. Everything's great, and the inevitable happens in the middle of the night. You have to go to the restroom. Now, maybe you roll over and you grab your phone that's laying next to you in the bed, and you turn on the flashlight to illuminate your journey across the hall. Maybe you turn on a lamp so you can see your way. Maybe you don't have to do any of these things because a street light shines through your window and you can see where you're going. Maybe you're confident enough to stumble through the darkness into your bathroom only to reach for the light switch as fast as you can and be blinded and betrayed by the light that you were searching for in the first place. Something about the darkness makes us nervous. Something about the darkness makes us beg for light and reach for it quickly. We are afraid of the dark. I'm not just talking about physical darkness, though. I'm talking about emotional darkness. If you're afraid that you're too much, if you're afraid that you're not enough, psychological darkness, and not just mental illness, but psychological darkness, like doubting yourself. Maybe you're afraid of spiritual darkness, like feeling distant from God or questioning. Your darkness is not the same as my darkness, but we all have something. Something that is dark, that brings us out of the light. You name it, we want to avoid it. So this morning, we're going to talk about four truths about darkness. And I've taken each and paired it with a story from our scriptures. We're going to hit on Old Testament. We're going to hit on New Testament. It's going to be a ride. So let's pray before we get started. God, thank you for this morning and the chance to gather together, to tune in, to sing songs written by worship leaders, written by Michael Jackson, and everything in between. We pray that you would be with us as we contemplate darkness. God, that we would be able to find you in the darkness and not be afraid of it. May the words be not mine, but yours for these people gathered here. In your name we ask all of these things. Amen. Okay, so four truths and four Bible stories. Here we go. Number one, darkness has no easy escape formula. If you came in this morning hoping to get a three-step how to get rid of your darkness, I'm going to apologize now. That's not going to happen. I made the mistake of Googling something this week. I Googled Bible verses about darkness, not to find them for my sermon. I was just genuinely curious what the internet has to say. There's a lot of Bible verses about darkness that are actually going to disprove my point. And these verses are taken way out of context. 
They point to this idea that if you're living in a time of darkness, it's your fault and something you did caused it. And that's your shame to walk with. Have you ever been in a situation full of darkness and someone said to you, oh, just pray about it and you'll be fine? That is not helpful. Yes, I believe in the power of prayer, absolutely. But sometimes these things aren't taken away. Maybe you've been made to believe that the darkness that you live with is completely your fault. Maybe, just maybe, somebody has misquoted 1 John 1.5 to you, which says, God is in light, and in God there is no darkness at all. And yes, God is light. I 100% believe this. I also believe that choices that we make with our free will do have consequences, and sometimes these consequences are full of darkness. But I also think about a friend I have who suffers from a disease that causes her chronic pain. She's in seminary with me. She's studying to be a pastor, but every morning she wakes up and aches and hurts. And she practices kindness. She prays for people. Other people pray for her chronic pain to go away, but it doesn't always go away. Her darkness of chronic pain has no easy escape formula. There are plenty of examples in our scripture of faithful people who did what they were supposed to do, who lived the right way, but still lived in darkness. I think about Paul. Now, for a refresher, or if you're not sure, Paul is in our New Testament. He actually wrote most of the New Testament. Paul became a disciple of Jesus Christ after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. And what we have in our New Testament is a lot of letters that Paul wrote. He wrote these to different communities that he had relationships with regarding their behavior towards one another, how to act in worship, and how to organize themselves. In Paul's letters, we see his love for the community and how much he cares for them. But Paul walked in some darkness. He says this in his letter to 2 Corinthians. I've been beaten more times than I can count. I've faced death many times. I've received the 40 lashes minus one from the Jews five times. I was beaten with rods three times. I was stoned once. I was shipwrecked three times. I spent a day and a night on the open sea. I've been on many journeys. I faced dangers from rivers, robbers, my people, and Gentiles. I faced dangers in the city, in the desert, on the sea, and from false brothers and sisters. I faced these dangers with hard work and heavy labor, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food and in the cold without enough close. Paul lived in some darkness. Darkness has no easy escape formula. But Paul continued in his call. He continued to do the work that God commanded him to do. Just like my friend who suffers with chronic pain. She continues. She gets up every morning despite aching and hurting and continues in her call to become 
a pastor. Darkness has no easy escape formula. Number two, darkness is not a recipe for negativity. This is actually one of the main points in Barbara Brown Taylor's book. That everything that comes from the darkness is not necessarily bad. In darkness, we come to know real empathy. We come to know who really loves us. There are things we have now because darkness was embraced and not avoided. I think about Jesus. Jesus ran into a lot of darkness. And Jesus embraced this darkness. Jesus did not avoid it. Jesus embraced the darkness in living and growing for nine months in the darkness of Mary's womb. Jesus embraced the darkness of being born in a place not exactly suitable for childbirth. Jesus embraced the darkness when he was abandoned his last night alive. And Jesus embraced the darkness of being laid in a tomb after he was crucified. Without any of these moments of darkness being embraced, you probably wouldn't be here. This crazy, wonderful, unique example of God's love that we see in the person of Jesus Christ would be nothing without darkness. There are things that we have because darkness was embraced and not avoided. Darkness is not a recipe for negativity. Number three, God meets you in the darkness. Now you're probably thinking, this one's a little crazy. How in the world can God meet me in the darkness? But this is another big point in the book. We seem to think of darkness as a place where God is not. Or we say, well, God has abandoned me. Neither one of these things are true. I think about, in this example, Abraham. Technically, Abram, his name gets changed halfway through the story. Abram is in our Old Testament. His story is found in the book of Genesis. Abram in Genesis 12 is given a command by God to get up, go to the land that God will show him. He will be a great nation and he's going to have no problem with enemies. Sounds like a pretty sweet deal. And scripture tells us that Abram does. He gets up immediately and he goes. But then he runs into a problem. Abram struggles to follow instructions when he starts to question God. You see, Abram had no children and didn't really see how he could become a great nation without offspring. So he lies and gets in trouble with some Egyptian authorities and enters into a time of darkness. Abram feels that God lied. Abram feels that God has forgotten God's own promise, and he's in trouble with the law. But after this incident, God meets Abram in a vision, and in Genesis 15, 5, and 6, 
It says this, Then God brought Abram outside and said, Look up at the sky. Count the stars if you think you can count them. God continued, This is how many children you will have. Abram trusted the Lord, and the Lord recognized Abram's high moral character. God met Abram in his doubt and quite literally took him outside into the darkness. Because if it hadn't have been for the darkness, Abram would not have been able to see the stars. I think in dark times in your life, and I know in mine, I've been met by God. I don't think any of you have had a weird vision of God dragging you outside and making you look at the stars. But maybe you've been met by God in a time of darkness when a friend found a way to simply love you. Maybe you've been met by God in a time of darkness when a family member made you laugh until it hurt. And maybe you've been met by God in a time of darkness when you decided to drive down the road with the radio up and the windows down and feel the breeze. God confronts the darkness by meeting you in it. God meets you in the darkness. Number four, there are things that we learn in the darkness that we could never learn in the light. Yes, our times of darkness bring great distress, great sorrow, and great pain. But there are lessons that we have learned in the darkness that would not have been better learned in the light. Or at least they wouldn't have the impact that they do. For this example, I think about Jonah. Jonah is back in our Old Testament, and he's a prophet. This word from God comes to Jonah and says, you need to go to Nineveh. So Jonah, like Abram, gets up immediately and does the wrong thing. Jonah does the exact opposite of what God commands him to do. Jonah runs to Joppa and gets on a boat that's going to Tarshish. Those names are really hard to say. Jonah thinks that he can run from God, that he can run from what God has commanded him to do, so he gets on a boat. And then a storm comes, and the boat is tossing, and there's waves, and there's wind, and there's rain, and the people on board find out that it's because of Jonah's disobedience that this storm has come. So what do they do? They throw him overboard. And in Jonah 1.17, Scripture tells us, Meanwhile, the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Jonah was in the darkness of a belly of a fish. The probably dark, probably disgusting, probably humid, disgusting darkness of a belly of a fish. But it's in this darkness that Jonah learns a very important lesson. He learns the lesson of obedience. Jonah could have learned this lesson, maybe not in the belly of a fish, 
but maybe it wouldn't have had the impact that it did on his life. We know from the story that Jonah was spit out of the fish and went to Nineveh and did what God told him to do. There are things in your life that you have learned in the darkness that you could not have learned in the light. There are things you know now because a time of darkness fell on your life and you decided to or just ended up paying attention and learning a lesson. There are things we learn in the darkness that we could never learn in the light. So the question this morning is, are you afraid of the dark? And yes, I am actually afraid of the dark. I do sleep with one of those really cool nightlights. But when it comes to times of spiritual, emotional, or psychological darkness in my life, these four truths make me less afraid. I know that darkness has no easy escape formula. There's no quick how-to. Sometimes I have to sit in the darkness. I also know that darkness is not a recipe for negativity. There are things in my life that I have because darkness was embraced and not avoided. I know that I serve a God who meets me in the darkness. A God that dragged Abram out and said, look, look at the dark sky and try and count the stars. I also know that there are things that I am going to learn in times of darkness that are not best learned in the light, but best learned in these times of darkness. So no, I'm not afraid of the dark, and you should not be either. Because if you can remember these four truths, if you can remember stories from Scripture, you'll know that darkness is not something to be afraid of. Let's pray. God, thank you for times of darkness. For things that we learn because we've learned to sit in the dark. Thank you for meeting us in our darkness and loving us. God, we pray that you would Continue to help us learn things. Continue to help us embrace darkness in whatever forms it comes. We thank you for the reminders of your love that we have in times of light, in times of dark, and everything in between. It's in your name that we ask all of these things. Amen.